There. Okay. Good to be here. Seemed like we were just here, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. Time does go by fast. There's a, uh, there's a verse, and I've mentioned it before. There's a verse in the book of Revelation where it says, Time is no more. And I used to have a, a, a pastor that I taught in our church a lot, and he, he would show up late for everything, and he always used that verse. <laughs> you know? But what that actually means, and I informed him, it, it meant that time is it's, it's like a throttle. It's in our hand. We can go as fast as we want. You know, so yeah. that kind of goes along with Esther when it says, uh, don't beckon people to come. Hi, Dwayne. Good to see you. Matt, Sharon, uh, Marcia. Hi. We could just sit here and say hi, hi, hi to all of them. But um, yeah, it says in the book of Revelation, time is no more. So really it means the throttles in your hand and you can go as fast as you want. And the book of Esther pictures that because when they prepared the royal wine, they were not to beckon the people to come. They, if they wanted to come, they did. And when they came, they would only take what they could take. And that's like the word of God. You know, when we're hearing more and more truth, what I call the most holy place understanding, you know, some people come and just get just enough to realize that when they die, they'll be with God and they're happy. And that, that's, that's all right. If that's where they want to be, that's all right. And we're not to beat them up and try to make them come like I've used to do in the past. <laughs> I didn't beat them up. But we're continuing our series. I just... Uh, uh, started uh, teaching two lessons already on uh, the unforced rhythm of life, and it goes along with living as Holy Spirit. I just I, I enjoyed teaching that so much, and I think that's something we'll be teaching forever in our in, our, in the Word. But I, I also believe this is very important because we've got to realize that it's not forced. When you have a life, the life is the source, right? The life is the source, and so what we have to do is just comfortably live in that life. Don and I uh, have a home, and we live here, and we don't force it. We don't uh, defend our right every time we walk in the door to enjoy it. We just come in here, and we're comfortable, and we enjoy our home. We have a little puppy dog that we enjoy, and we have grandchildren we enjoy, and we don't demand that or anything. It's a possession that we have. So we've got to realize that our Holy Spirit is our possession, and our Holy Spirit is God. I'm going to back up just a little bit and read John 14, 16 again. Uh, I did last week. But uh, I want to mention this again. When the Apostle Paul asked God to deliver him from this temptation that he had to depend, depend on his religious upbringing because it always was coming at him. And, you know, sometimes we could relate that to today that many, many times we, we want to go back. We have people that's come and we've taught and they've enjoyed what we taught, but then they wanted to go back to the old ways. They wanted to go back to the, you know, the, hap- the fun happening times and the deliverances and the words of knowledge and all those things. And, you know, we could say, Father, I need you to help me with that because I, I keep wanting to go back. And we could hear the Father say, just draw from my spirit. Just listen to your spirit, to listen to your Holy Spirit. And that's what God told Paul. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. And we know that the grace of God is our Holy Spirit. And we know that God graced man with his Holy Spirit when God created man. So that's really what grace is to me. Other people have different meanings, and that's okay. But he's saying, draw from your Holy Spirit, draw from your Holy Spirit within, because it will deal with all that. <clears throat> and if you remember, I told you when we started this, when you hear me say it, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, yeah. our Holy Spirit. <coughs> But we could really meditate on that because our Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. And our Holy Spirit will deal with everything, every sense of lack, 
every every sickness and disease that come tries to come to our dwelling place every everything that we're confused with or maybe we don't understand something if we really lean to our holy spirit we can know all things and we all really here at tree of life and i think people that follow us on the internet i think you could admit that you know as time goes on you can look back and say you know what there were things i didn't understand my, that the spirit of god revealed to me because i asked and, and ask means ascertain and seek and desire to know. So if we ascertain and seek and de- de- desire to know something and we lean to our spirit, then we'll know it because the Bible says that we know all things already because we have a union with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, that, that's, that's really something to me, important to me, that our spirit is our true sustaining uh, life source that belongs to us and it's ours right now. So I don't want to thank you. That'll just make me cough more. I appreciate it though. So John fourteen sixteen, uh through a few more verses. I read it last week, but I want to read it again just in case somebody's on here that didn't hear it. Uh this is my translation. It says, Don't worry, I and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Don't worry, I will not leave you teacherless and guideless. And that's what the word comforter means. I will send many, uh and the King James said another, but it means many. Uh, many more teachers, leaders, and guides to explain and to help you understand what I do and who you are. And you will become aware as a result of what I came to do and to reveal. Verse 17, (laughs) even the spirit of truth, whom carnally minded people cannot actively take hold of because they discern not their Holy Spirit, neither are they aware of their Holy Spirit within. But you know yourself, for you know our Holy Spirit dwelleth and exists in you. Uh, verse 18, currently you and the world cannot withdraw from your spirit of truth within because you live unaware. In other words, they were still living as carnal. They were wanting Jesus to do physical things for them, and they wanted Jesus to set up a kingdom right then. But you will soon experience a quickening that will allow you to hear the explainers I will anoint to teach you. Your Holy Spirit of truth within them will bring great understanding of what I do. Currently, you cannot receive, discern, or take hold of these things because as of yet, you do not know you are as Holy Spirit and Son of God yourself, nor are you fully aware of your Holy Spirit that eternally abides within you just as it does in me. Holy Spirit exists in you. Don't worry, you will understand all. And I like that. We need to quit worrying. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, the truth is coming to us day by day, moment by moment, precept upon precept. It just builds and it becomes greater and greater and greater. So the question I asked today in starting this out, bonjour, sister. <laughs> I like that. Can we transcend the natural law of sowing and reaping? Can we leave that behind? Can we rise above that, the cause of effect, if you would? And I say, yes, we can. However, there's only one way to do this, and that is for us to discover and place ourselves under the one and the only higher law, and that law is the law of the spirit of life. We must, we must press through. We don't have to bind it and rebuke it, but we must press through this old mindset that we've been taught all of our life and leave things behind, leave the old sacred cows behind. I'm, I'll mention that again later on. But there is a spirit of life that's the real life, and we can rise above that and get out of that mentality of this law of sowing and reaping, the law of cause and effect, and always trying to figure out, well, why is this happened? Why has that happened? You know, is this kid sick because their mom and daddy sinned? And all that stuff that even Jesus used as a parable in the Bible to explain to us that we shouldn't be that way. So entering this law, 
or understanding will free us from that false law of cause and effect, or I would call it a carnal law, from the whole carnal uh, karmic influence. You know, we talked last week about karma. That's another thing. What goes around comes around. Well, that's a carnal law. That's, that's, that's what belongs to us. You know, if I mess up tomorrow with, with me knowing who I am today and knowing that I'm spirit, if I mess up and do something that doesn't fit my character, there should not be any ill consequences to that in my life. It's just something that happened. It, now, if I go out and do something that's called a crime, you know, or do something like play with fire or whatever, there's going to be consequences. But I'm just saying if I, if I slip up in a mindset or think something that I shouldn't be thinking, I know how to say, so I'm still redeemed. I'm still redeemed and I can rise above that. Amen. And, and it's, there's not no law that says, okay, you're going to suffer the rest of your life for that. Yeah. You know, it's just like the, the, the law of tithing that the religion came up with. If you didn't tithe, you suffered. I have to tell you, most of mine and my wife's life, when we were younger, we, were, we felt very guilty because we weren't able to give as much money as the pastor wanted us to give. We were givers, and we did give, but there were times that we needed milk. We, we needed diapers. We, we needed to pay our mortgage payment or whatever. And, and really, to pay your tithe when you owe your mortgage bill, that's not right. It's really not to give your tithe the way the church taught that tithe. We, we signed a piece of paper that we were going to pay that bill off and we should pay it. But I've seen people literally not pay their bills so they can give to the church. And that's not God. But yet we felt so guilty that, that we thought, okay, there's a law of sowing and reaping. So when bad things happen, it was kind of our mindset. That's because we're not paying our tithe. That's the law of sowing and reaping. And that's not God. Amen. It's not God whatsoever. So... Uh, from this whole carnal influence we, that has been in, the, uh, in religion and the world today, we can think different. We can think different. Think of it this way. A way has been provided for mankind to live above all suffering, all tragedies, all pains, all fears which have enslaved us, if you would, because man would not willingly live out of the cool of the day the way God created him to, man left the cool of the day. See, Adam fed on teachers of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And so what did they teach? The, the, the law of sowing and reaping. So Adam felt like because he identified with what was taught, he self-condemned himself. And then what did he do? He expected nakedness. God said, who told you that? Where did you even get an awareness that you could ever be void of my life? It's because he fed on that, he identified that, and then he succumbed to the law of sowing and reaping. Well, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. So I'm naked and I'm, I'm void of God's life. He said that. Did he start seeing himself separate from God then? He saw himself as separate from God. He... Right. And so when you see yourself separate from God, then you're naked, right? That, that's in a sense of what he was talking about. So we can live above this. That's not saying that there won't be suffering and tragedies and pains and fears in the world, right? Because not everybody's awakening at one time. Not everybody's willing to. There's still going to be stuff going on around us. You know, I hear my friends all the time say, well, why are people dying? Why is this going on? Why is... Well, because we're still in a world that's living very much carnal. But we can rise above that. We can rise above that. And we don't go around, look at, look at me, I don't ever get sick, look at me, I have. But we can live out of who we are, and we can know who we are. God wants us to 
live in the cool of the day. He designed his spirit realm. He designed he, his, the very design of who he is and the very life that God produces for us. God wants us to live in that. You know, Don and I bought this home several years ago. We couldn't wait for our children to come and enjoy it. You know, we, we bought it for us, but we wanted our children to enjoy it too and come here and relax and Christmas dinner and Thanksgiving dinner and have fun. Well, I'm telling you, God has created the universe for us. Everything on planet Earth is created for us to enjoy and live out of. But we've got to be able to live in that cool of the day experience to enjoy it. Because if we don't, our eyes get way down. We've got, I've got a lot of things I've got in my head here, and I'm going to be jumping ahead of myself a lot. But right now, this, I think this fits. I have a very good sister friend. I call her my sister, Sandy Hibbard. And uh, we, we love photography. We are photographers. I don't know about calling me myself a, a professional photographer, but I'm very good. When we go on trips and things like that with other people, I see things that they don't see. I see things that Donna doesn't even see as beautiful in his art. And so I take pictures because I see life in everything. And I take pictures of things. And then when I put them on my, my, my uh, little screen here and it plays, people look at it and they say, wow, that was, that's beautiful. And I want to say, you were there. <laughs> you didn't see it. You know, no, because I have a, an eye myself that I look for things like that. I, I look for God in little bitty things. I love my macro lens that I can take things that you can't even hardly see with an eye and I take pictures of it because there's life everywhere, family. And that's why it's important for us to tread about in life with that kind of eye where everywhere we go, we're seeing life. I take pictures of people and sometimes people say, well, why do you do that? One guy called me a stalker yesterday. He was just playing with me. But he said, why do you do that? I said, I see art. I put a picture on Facebook of my uh, a photograph I did. And I, it's called The Bride of Alamo, of the Alamo. And Don and I was at the Alamo down in San Antonio several years ago, 2002. And we were walking around. And I noticed out of the corner of my eye, a lady backed out of a room in this beautiful bride dress. And I just turned around as fast as I could and took the picture. And it was one of those perfect pictures. You have to look at it when we leave. Uh, but there was a yellow flower there, her beautiful bride dress there, and it was just awesome to me, huh? A beautiful, bride. a beautiful bride, but she was in this beautiful dress. But to me, it was art, and I'm telling you, I look for art everywhere, and what I'm looking for is I'm looking for God everywhere, right? And are we looking for God everywhere? Because everything is God, mm-hmm. everything is God, but not everything is the source, but everything is of God, and we'll discuss that a little bit more here. And so what happened, uh, again, man ignorantly received that death that passed on to them. And I've belabored that a lot re- lately, so I won't do that now. But the way uh, was by Jesus, the way that Jesus came, he came to reveal to us the way. Everybody wonders a lot of time, well, why did Jesus come? Well, he came to save the lost and he came to, you know, he came to destroy the devil and all those stuff that we hear. But he came, this is what he came for. He came to show us the way. We, man lost the way. If he came to save that which was lost, man lost the way. The way to what? The way to live. The way to experience. They lost their way to the cool of day awareness, if you would. So he showed us the way. He showed us the truth. He showed us the life. He appeared on the scene to show us and reveal to us there is a truth and there's a life that we already possessed and we always possessed. And man always possessed before Jesus showed up in a body. So we can only wonder, since this has been recorded for over 2,000 years, why haven't we been taught this since birth? 
Why were we not taught these things since birth? Why did our mom and daddies not teach us who we were? Because they were bound up in religion, bound up in tradition, bound up in being carnal, uh, carnally mindful. And of course, scripture was mistranslated, mistaught, and they attended religions that had their own versions of God. And man whose breath in his nostrils will never understand God. Man who gets all of his information from the five cents realm, hi Frank, will never ever know God. You can't. You must, you must rise up and you must learn how to see God through your spirit eyes with eyes wide open. And thankfully the veil has been coming off and we're, we, we're seeing more and more. So why are we still living under a way of thought and, and which continues to cause the very suffering that we try so hard to get rid of? Just like sickness and disease, just like problems in our body. We try so hard. We go to, you know, me, I've got some symptoms in my body and I go to a doctor. The doctor doesn't know what to do. And he sends me to get a CT scan. I go to get a CT scan. They want another CT scan. Makes money, doesn't it? And then they say, I possibly have this or that. And then they say, I need to go to this doctor. And this doctor says, well, I can't see you until you go to a surgeon. And then the surgeon does what he wants to do. And it just goes on and on. And then they say, I don't know. Right? Wrong focus. Wrong focus. <laughs> You know, God knows, and I, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm dealing uh, right now. I'm listening to some wise people. I'm looking at my body and seeing what my body needs, and I give me my body natural things that God's created me. I believe this whole earth contains what we need to bring perfect uh, agreement with our health in our body, perfect agreement and not resist it again. Ma'am? And in the body. And in the body. So why are we still living under that way of thought? I don't know. <laughs> Why do people fight to live under that way of thought? It's because what, it's what they've always done. Traditions, right? So for the lower realm law of cause and effect, which is punishment and suffering, we'll continue to govern. Uh, uh, if we stay there, then we'll be governed by the carnal, mindful man until we choose to transcend that law. And I just so much enjoy Facebook because there's so many people have finally got tired of what they've been taught all their life and they're seeing it's not working. It's this, the, the biggest part of them is the millennial generation. This is the generation out there today, along with a lot of us that are beginning to question what they were taught. Why, you know, this isn't working. Why do you keep teaching it over and over and over? Well, it's insanity. That's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. You know, and not wonder what's going on here. So they are. So that's why Kaya said this, and I said I'm after the, the millennial generation. And on Facebook, uh, I look for those kind of people and befriend those kind of people and because I want them to hear where they can go after their world. Amen? So to understand the mind of our Holy Spirit, which is God, right? Uh, in contrast to the doctrines of men, we must first diverse ourselves or divest ourselves of any beliefs that we previously held. And that is hard. Any beliefs that we previously held that are not true, we must divest ourselves of that. And we had a lot of beliefs, didn't we? And they were, they were our sacred cows. Those are things that we just believe. And then we find out that they're not true. We believe scripture that, you know, like it's impossible to please God if you don't study the word. Well, that's not what it says. You know, it, that, excuse me, it said without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, we know that God's always pleased with man. He never was unpleased with man. And so we looked in scripture and we found out where it said without faith and what Jesus came to reveal, it's impossible to agree with God. 
So there's so many things in scripture that we thought were true and we have found out that they're not true. And one of them is, is uh, the, uh, uh, all scripture is inspired by God. Well, we looked at that and it doesn't say that. It said all scripture inspired by God is profitable. There's a big difference in saying all scripture is inspired. You not heard that before? You've missed too many Sundays, ma'am. <laughs> it says all scripture, King James, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for reproof and correction and edification. Well, they, they added a word. It actually said all scripture inspired by God is. Because we know now that much of what Moses wrote was not inspired by God, right? We know when any writer wrote that God told them to go circumcise people, that wasn't God. We know when God, they said God told them to go kill, to uh, wipe out a whole uh, generation of a race of people. That wasn't God. That was man speaking on behalf of God with their ability to hear and understand. Correct? Mm -hmm. Have any of you in times past, and I'm asking you out on the internet too, have any of you in times past said, God told me to do something and you discovered that it wasn't God? Yeah. If you would really admit it. Sure. I've done it many times. God told me to do. I've seen people come to church and stand up and God, God told me this is what he wants us to do and this and that and come to find out it wasn't God. It was what it fit with what they wanted, their carnal desire. So we've all been there. So we need to be able to hear truth. So to understand the mind of our Holy Spirit in contrast to this, again, we've got to divest ourselves of any beliefs that we previously understood. And we can do this by simply being willing to learn the undeceitful word. And that's what we're doing here at Tree of Life. And I believe that's what you people are doing here that follow us and listen to us and those that you listen to Kay and what she's teaching. We're going after the undeceitful word. And people ask me all the time, uh, why do you say undeceitful word? Well, when Jesus said the truth will make you free, if you look at the word truth, it says undeceitful word. So there must have been a deceitful word. Amen? Everything that the people were taught before Jesus came on the scene was a deceitful word. It was the Mosaic law. It was always the law of doing to be. And that was deceitful because all it does is produce death. So to have no investment in anything previously held as, held as truth or sacred, we want to know truth. So we want it more than our next breath. We had to let go of those things. Donna can tell you, even when we met Brother Garner, he began to teach some truths that were different for us. It changed our prayer life, and it was very, very difficult, particularly for Donna, right? It was difficult because we have used to been what we called prayer warriors. We bind, we would loose, we would rebuke, we would plead, you know, and all those things. So that was a way we had prayed all of our life up to 1996. I was 46 years old then. Wow, that's a long time ago. <laughs> but we, that was a way of life, and we had to let go of that. And we still have to let go of that because it's a big paradigm shift because many times we still want to pray and say, God, will you do this or God, will you do that? When we really need to be just speaking truth over that person. Yes, yes. And, and I've taught this. You don't have to bow your head if you don't if you want to. You don't have to. You know, they most churches have taught we always bow our head when we talk to God. Well, I don't bow my head when I talk to my best friend. I look eye to eye, you know. And so now that we pray, when we pray, pray means to communicate. We taught that in Living as Holy Spirit. We just talk and we commune the word over people. I talked to a lady the other day and she wanted me to pray for her. And I just begin to commune to, with her and, and exhort her and share with her. 
And at, by, by the end of it, I'm sure she just thought, well, when's he going to pray for me? And I just said, just in case you don't know it, I've been praying to you. I've been praying over you. That's what the Apostle Paul said, pray over one another. Not pray for, but pray over. Amen? So as I always say, we've been the children of a great lie, and it's time that we wake up. And this, again, this millennial generation, they're the generation, again, that's not blindly believing something because that's the way it's always been. And I believe Father God has brought our 60-year-old generation to that too, and many other generations. There's people in their 80s, there's people in their 90s that have waken up, are awakening up right now. So um, it's, a, it's an exciting time, and that's why I can boldly say I believe uh, more than any generation in this earth has ever experienced, I believe this generation, God is able, God is able to be able to wake us up more and more because people are in a good place. God's always been trying to wake people up, is he not? And there have been a, 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 an amount of people that have been awakened, but the whole earth needs to wake up, the whole earth, and we're getting there. And I believe and praying that we will be here to see that. But I do have to tell you, 25 years ago or 30 years ago, if, if I would have known that this many people are awakening today, this was a day that I was looking for. I believe we're there right now. I really do. And it's just going to get better and better. Yes. So... In the Old Testament, there are uh, in the Old Testament there are many sometimes strange laws that God gave people. Many of them. Some of them came from Moses and they weren't from God, but some of them were for God. I don't just throw out everything Moses said because sometimes he got it right. Well, one of them was pretty interesting. Is when we when they traveled through the wilderness, he told them not to build any shrines, don't build any permanent structures, don't build any houses, live in tents. Yeah. And see, the Apostle Paul, wasn't the Apostle Paul, Donna, you wrote a big paper on him once. He was a tent dweller, wasn't he? He, 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 was a, he made tents and he lived in tents. And there's a spiritual picture to that because if we, if we build a house, a physical house, we're not going to just get up next week and go live somewhere else. If, we, if there's something prettier out there, we have an investment in this house and we can't just leave it, Right. Well, see, that's what we've done with doctrines of men. We put investments in them. You know, we're a Pentecostal holiness church. We're a Baptist church. We're a, an Assembly of God church. And, and this new truth comes out here. But you know what? Our sign says Assembly of God. Our bylaw says we're, we're Baptist. You know, we, we, I've got my certificate. I was baptized here. I, I, I can't talk in tongues. <laughs> I, I can't go on to the charismatic realm. And so we, we get stuck there, right? So this is a great picture here that as, as we, the Spirit of God begins to move us, don't build a temple out of it. Don't put up a sign. Don't say, you know, I'm a finished work teacher or I'm a Trinitarian teacher or I'm a, I'm a grace teacher or whatever. I'm not against it if you do that, but I'm just saying be willing to climb up higher and higher and higher. I have to tell you from 1988 to present, my understanding of truth has always evolved. And I'm not saying it's because I'm some kind of special person, but I, I know my calling. I know in 19, uh, 1996, the Lord spoke to me and told me what he's going to do in my life. And he's done it, not me, the spirit of God in me. But it's just I've always been able to let go of something else to learn the greater truth. And I'm thankful for that. And I want to be able to do that. And so Paul, again, was a tent dweller. And that's 
speaking of that something spiritual there. So are, so so we're encouraged, if you would, to travel to the promised land, which is living out of the Spirit or the cool of the experience. Be willing to allow the Spirit of God to uh, not necessarily do away with previous beliefs, but evolve that, open it up, and see more and more of that. You know, I just like my camera. I can look at a, a beautiful flower that is so pretty It's with my eyes, but I know down deep inside that flower there's more beauty. And so I can put my, my uh, 50 millimeter lens on there and look at it and, and I see even more beauty. And then I get my 100 millimeter macro lens and I go down inside of it and I've got a picture I could show you someday of a flower that had the pollen pods and literally I've got a picture of the pollen in the air. The pollen was leaving it, and I have a picture of the pollen in the air. And it's just absolutely beautiful. But you can't see that with the naked eye, right? You, let's say that you can't see it with a, a physical or a carnal, mindful eye that's just happy seeing that part of the flower, but there's so much more beauty in it. And see, that's a problem with people today. We look at people, and we're looking at a carnal, mindful eye, and we see the outward man, and we judge the outward man. And I was thinking about this the other day. We men happen to enjoy looking at beautiful women. Is that all right? Nothing wrong with that. We do. We enjoy looking at beautiful women, pretty hair. We, we're all beautiful in our own way. I know that. But I'm using this as an example. So I'm at my grandson's choir the other day. And these girls and these guys are up there singing. And I like redheads. Everybody knows that. I think they're beautiful. And so there was a redhead up there and I was really enjoying looking at her and I could hear her sing. And I saw another couple of girls that their makeup was pretty and, you know, they had a thin body and they just looked absolutely beautiful. And all of a sudden I heard, why are you just looking at them? They're all beautiful. You know, so I looked over here and there's a girl that's a little overweight. Her hair is kind of, and I heard her voice. I tuned in on her and it was beautiful. And I just looked at her and I thought, she's beautiful. But isn't that what we do? And we try to, we look for what we think is beautiful when that old song, everybody's beautiful, everything's beautiful in its own, everything contains God. In its own way. In its own way. Because see, God is God, and God's character, God's nature is so big, but when God imparts himself in something, you have a part of his character and nature, you have a part of his character and nature, you have, and when we're all together, lovely. we're lovely. We're beautiful, and it's a, it's a beautiful art piece, if you would. And I hope I'm not being silly using that as an example, but Paul talked to us about being this way and, and uh, letting go of old belief systems, letting go of old judgments, if you would, because we're, what are we? We are trees of righteousness. In other words, we are teachers of righteousness, and we are to make righteous judgments of all people. So this then is the promise given us, and it's a clear uh, understanding of the simplicity of just entering in. This is the understanding of the law of the Spirit. By faith, we could just choose to enter into that law, and by faith, choose to let go of the law of reaping and sowing, the law of, and, and the old way of seeing people with a carnal mindset. And how do we do it? I say every day when you get up, say, Father, by faith, I'm going to live a spirit. By faith, I'm going to see with my eyes wide open. Whatever I look at, I'm going to see you. It could be a flower. It could be a tree. It could be uh, the stars. And, you know, there are a lot of people that say the universe is God. Well, the universe is God, but the universe is not the primary source. God is. 
that tree that we look at, my flowers, that's God. That, that, the, the banana trees out there, that is a character and a nature of God. Correct? And when you look at me, you see God. And I look at you, you see God. But we're not the source, but we contain the source. We contain the source, if you would. When God created a sun, that sun was to be the source of heat for the planets. But God's the source, but he created a sun to do that part of it. Then he created the moon to reflect the light of the sun, so at night we would have light. Is the moon God? No. But the moon was created to reflect the source that God put in the sun. Everything needs to work together. So there is a spirit of life. It's what gives all living things life. Is God in a tree? Yes. Is God in a cricket? Yes. <laughs> is God in a lion? Is God in, in the grass? Yes, because it's life. And we may look at something and say there's no life in there. But there is life or it wouldn't be. Life holds it together. So there's one spirit, therefore there is only one life source. God's not a cricket, but God is in a cricket. Not a faith. My wife is so funny. Kay, would you call my wife and counsel her, please? You are right. No, you need to be qualified that. I'm glad you did. Some people out there might think we're saying that. Well, first of all, you know, and I'll say this later on, but we don't worship the creation. We admire the creation. And then truth. The word worship means ascertain, seek, and desire to know. So yes, I ascertain and seek, desire to know about animals and birds and flowers, and I like to learn about, learn about them. But to be able to do that, I must ascertain and seek and desire to know God because God is spirit. And if I realize what spirit is, then I can look at that creature and say that, that creature has a measure of spirit and that creature has a measure of God within them. And the only reason they're out of order only reason man's out of order and fighting and murder and all that stuff that goes on is because man's still very much living out of a power of a mistaken identity. They don't know who they are. That's all there is to it. They're not evil. Now, is there evil in the earth? Well, what we call evil, yes, there's death and there's murder and there's rape and there's thievery and there's all kinds of stuff. But that's not who the person is. That's what the person did. And that's important to understand. That's what they did, but it's not who they are. So... It, our spirit, is the same life for a plant, for an insect. It's the same life for a person. It's the same life for a bird. It's the same life that keeps the planets orbiting, and they've never gone out of orbit one bit for eternity. It's the same life that keeps the sun burning. It's the same life that powers the atmosphere and brings rain to us. Well, people say, well, why is it out of order? Because God gave us this earth to take dominion over. He didn't give us the sun to take dominion, the stars to take dominion. He created all that and it has stayed right where it was put, right? But man is the one that chose to leave that and man has not taken dominion. And dominion is not just going out there and speaking to it all the time. There, there's, a, there's an awareness that comes where we begin to see things in order. We begin to, when we get up in the morning, we say, Father, we thank you that this is the day that the Lord has made. Father, we thank you that there will be rain coming when we need rain. And we thank you that there will be clouds when we need protection from the sun. We thank you that the winds bring moisture up. And we thank you that all things are in order. See, we, be, we, we need to begin to bless things. Yes. Because when, we, when a hurricane comes and we speak to that hurricane, that's reactive. 
I'm not telling you not to do that, but that's reactive. Well, I would rather be proactive and bless the earth. Bless the earth with what we speak because we are people, we're cherubim, we're children of blessing. We're here to bless the earth. And the problem is we don't want to do anything until something happens and we get fearful. Then we begin to bind and rebuke. And that's not how you do it. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. It does to me. Yes, I believe so. When we have a people on this earth that will do that, will bless the earth. God told him, it, God blessed it, and it's still blessed, but he said, man, this is yours, rule and reign over it. And what have we done? We have cursed the earth. We have spoken things like we say here in Oklahoma. We have this kind of pride, which we should know that when we, in the, in the springtime, we start feeling the humidity, we feel the barometric pressure. Next thing we say, oh, we're going to have tornadoes today, Right? Butch and I preached on that once. And the power of the tongue is very powerful. Yeah. When, so when you have a mass amount of people beginning to speak something, we allow it, if you would, instead of taking dominion over it. Mm. But I do believe that there, will be a, uh, there, there is a way that if we will begin to daily bless our earth and daily bless our children and daily bless our life, daily bless our employer, daily bless our, the people that's in charge over us and speak righteous things over them, I believe they will have to respond to that. They can't help from it. Same life. All those are the same life, but different manifestations. So it changes the way you look at things. Each manifestation declares something of the nature and the character of the spirit of our God. The Bible says the all creation reveals God, does it not? Yes, it does. When you look up at night and you look at the stars, does that not reveal God? Yes. And if you've ever uh, gone to NASA and seen those giant Novas and the beauty out there in the universe that reveals God. The flowers reveal God. An ant reveals God. An ant is an amazing creature. It can I forget the amount of weight it can lift, but hundred huh? Nine times. Nine times its own weight. Wow. It's more than Yeah, I think it's more. So there are there are many people who still believe in different doctrines. Many people believe in the Trinitarian doctrine. They believe that God is one entity they believe that holy spirit is another entity and they believe that jesus is another entity a person and that's okay however they're seeing father as an individual form an individual form and father god is spirit father god is spirit cannot be seen by man's physical eyes jesus said if you've seen me you've seen the father what he tried to do is reveal the same to all that he was able to teach at that time if you've seen me, or if we've seen you, we see the Father. And so, this is interesting. I looked this up last night. Father God is spirit, cannot be seen by physical eyes. Only what Father manifests as is seen with the physical eyes. Right? You can't see spirit. Right. Just spirit. But whatever spirit, Holy Spirit manifests as, you see with your physical eyes. And therein lies, again, the big problem is we've never seen with our spirit eyes, so we're always wanting to see God. Some We have songs about wanting to see God. People can't wait to see Jesus someday because they've been taught that Jesus is their answer. Well, Jesus was the answer. He came and he did away with the Mosaic law. He stopped the sacrificial system and he revealed the eternal love of God, that God never did not love man. Correct? But we still want to see physical things. John 4.24, you don't have to turn there, but you can write it down and look at it later. The translators added a word, which is a, a, and the word is. They added both of those words in that verse. 
And the word is has a numerical number 9999, and so does A, which means it was added by the translators. So they made the verse state, God is a spirit. Well, God is not a spirit. That implies that God is a spirit, something else is a spirit, and they're all different. It actually says God is spirit. God is spirit. So when looking at this verse in the Greek, it states spirit is God. That's what it actually says. Spirit is God. If you see the spirit in the universe, that spirit is God. If you just see the spirit in a bug, that spirit is God. If you see spirit in a tree, that spirit is God. There's only one God, right? So if you say, I see the universe as spirit, that's all right, but just realize that spirit is God. There is a force that created all. There's not many, many forces out there. God is the force. God is the, the sustainer of all life. John 1.18, we find John writing, uh, and it's really interesting how it's changed around in the, in the Greek. Uh, John was saying, God? In other words, like, you want to know about God? He said, God, no man hath seen at any time, only son hath declared. The phrase hath seen is horeo, H-O-R-A-O, and it means to discern clearly to discern clearly, to experience, or to appear as. It also comes from atomonio, meaning to gaze with wide eyes open, to appear and to show self. Then we find the same phrase in 1 John 4.12, half seen, and it is theomia, meaning to look closely at, or to perceive, or see clearly. And isn't that true? No man who thinks with his carnal mindset not, have not seen clearly God. All my life, before I really begin to be drawn up higher, all my life, I never really saw God clearly. Went to church at Full Gospel Assembly for 38 years, a Pentecostal holiness uh, for 10 years of my life. Even with Brother, Brother Garner, which taught us so much from 96 to about 2003, I still hadn't seen God clearly, right? Because you can't see God clearly until you look through the lens of eternal love. I always said, oh, yeah, I know God loves me because people say God loves me, but. And then that but lessened his love. That but made his love with all kinds of requirements, conditional. That's right. So John was correct here. At the time Jesus' earth walk, no man saw God in Jesus, nor even they knew their father God as spirit. What did they see Jesus at? Well, tell me this today. If Jesus were to come back today and walk in this earth, what would people see Jesus as? Whatever they need from Jesus, mm -hmm. right? If you need a healer, then you would see him as a healer. If, if they needed a financial miracle, then they would see him as a provider for money. Yes, whatever. whatever it is that people want to see Jesus, that's what they would see Jesus as. But the truth is, there's millions and millions of Jesuses all over this earth. Because Jesus was a man. Jesus was God. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was appointed to come at the day that he came. And he was here. The prophets prophesied of him. He was here to come and reveal the truth to us. But guess what? We are messengers too. Amen? Yeah. We are messengers. So uh, now we can see the Father. Now we can see God in people. Now we can see God in creation because we have messengers that have come up and messengers before us that have taught the truth. 
Many of them out there today are in books that most churches wouldn't read from. Many of them are people that sought truth and understood truth, and the church rejected them, and so they left the church, if you would, but they still studied and they still wrote their books. Now, yes, some of them quit giving power to God and they gave power to the universe and all that, but many of them had great truth and great understanding, but the church rejected them. But you know what today? It doesn't matter if the church rejects us today. We're pressing on. We're going forward because we know that all people are the church. It's not those structures. And I'm not against the structure. I'm not against having a building. There's a lot of people out there saying if you have a building and you have programs, you're out of order today. That's not true. I mean, I want, I want 30, 40, 50, 60 people. I'd love to have 100 people coming to here, but I don't want the structure. I think there's a way of doing it. I think you can teach your children at home. I don't think we have to have every kind of class there is and every kind of... Uh, alcohol addiction programs. I think we need to have a place that teaches truth. And I do believe, and I've said this for years, children can sit and listen. Amen? Yes. It's the parents' fault because they won't. I grew up when the children were right there when the pastor was teaching and we sat by our parents and we behaved. I wonder if anybody knows that word anymore. <laughs> Behave. So it's all right to have a, a, a group of people, and definitely it's hard to meet in the home, so it's all right to have a building. Just don't go crazy like we used to. Don't go million, get millions of dollars in debt or hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, but just gather together because that's what we need. People need to hear these truths. So I say today the veil is gone, and we can see clearly now. I believe that. So as our Creator is holy, right? God is holy, and God is spirit. Jesus was holy, right? And Jesus was spirit. You are a holy spirit. As I pointed out in our previous series, every person on planet earth when Jesus came was holy and they were spirit. Every person from Adam to when Jesus appeared on the scene, they were holy and they were holy spirit. They had spirit. They did. They just didn't know because they received that death consciousness that was passed on to all people. So once again... There is a divine law here that states each seed re reproduces after its own. We've talked about that many times. That's in Genesis 1.1. Therefore, it is with, with, with Father God. And I like, I looked this up this morning, Psalms 103. It says, it is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. Well, people need to hear that. It's he that gave you all that information you have, not yourself. It is he within you that calls you to discover how to get to the moon. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's he that's within you that can cause you to help heal people until they can walk out of the health that's within inside of them. Glory. Because the problem is, is yes. God gives us understanding and then we take it for ourselves and we get greedy and we want to make billions of dollars off from it. You know, I'm not saying we shouldn't take medicine, but do you have any idea how many pills are out there? Would I be safe to say millions? Easy. It's the greed of mankind. You know, and, and, and how many loans are out there? How many different kinds of loans there are? I mean, everything. We don't realize that we're here to bless people, not take from people. Not make people addicted to me where they have to have everything that I have. But it's he that calls you to do that. You know, I say this all the time. It's God that calls me to know what I know. It's not Roy's intellect all by myself. I'm very proud to say that I've had lots of teachers in my life. Started with Brother Hibbard and then, then Gary Garner 
and then John Cahill and Len Hiles and Kay and I are together constantly studying and talking with each other. Butch Hodge, I've learned so much from Butch. You know, John Corson, a long time. I've had a lot of teachers in my life and it was always God through them that taught me to help me to where I'm at today. My mind is full of it, as uh, a sister told me the other day, uh, not the other day, Valerie Robinson, several years ago after I got through teaching, she said, you're just full of it. And I took it as a compliment. I am full of it. And sometimes I can't tell you which source I got it from, but I know it came from God through these people. I'm thankful that these people were willing to teach me in that time that I needed to hear it. And it just keeps evolving. So it's he that made us, not we ourselves. So as the title God carries with it, power, strength, and goodly, and I looked it up last night, God is power, strength, and goodly. So out from that divine eternal realm of all strength and goodness comes forth the worlds, comes forth the universe. He is our power, he is our strength, and he is our goodness. And that's all God can be. God can't be evil. God can't be mean. God can't be anger. He is a supernatural power. He's a a supernatural strength. And he's good. And he's given that to us. And we have that power within us. Yes. Yes. All the inhabitants of the earth, the stars, the planets, the suns and the heavens, the word good uh, when spoke of someone or something implies that it referred to having qualities required to serve in that position. I can say my wife is a good wife. That means she has the qualities to be a good wife to me. I can say Donna Misi and Lottie is a good friend. They're faithful. I know one thing about Donna, you're a servant. (laughs) You love to serve people. So I can say Donna is a good servant. That means you have the qualities to do that with inside of you. Our planet is a good planet. It has the qualities to take care of it. It has the qualities that always produce water, always produce oxygen, always produce food. There there should be no place on planet Earth where there's drought, where there's no food grown. It's because we have spoken cursing over it. Amen? Look Look at the Jews, how they missed out on Jesus being able to heal them of their mindsets because they said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And then they looked at Jesus and said, oh, he's just Mary's little boy. He's just a carpenter. What did they do? They, they literally spoke a cursing over their life because they spoke ill as the one that was there to, to rescue them, to help them. They rejected the light. The word good when spoke of, it implies that, that we have the particular role, if you would, the particular role quality in us that God empowers that and each one of us has different uh, characters we 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 have different ministries in our life and if we'll realize that and we'll we will let the same mind be in you that Jesus had and also if we will let the Holy Spirit work in our life if we will let the Holy Spirit speak through us to other people you would be amazed how those qualities and characters will begin to come out of you and begin to manifest. You will begin to do things you never thought you could do. You will begin to speak things that you never thought you could. Donna, and I don't disdain her for this at all, my wife, uh, there's a lot of people like this, but Donna has not been one that would just boldly all the time go up and talk to people. But I can tell you, she has told me numerous times over the last few years, and it just it warms my heart, when she will say, somebody asked her a question and she told me what she said 
and the spirit of truth, I just opened up. When she opened up, the spirit of truth just flew out of her. And I know what's happening with you guys too. Because anything that God created you to be, he's the source of it. Right? And don't let somebody else tell you what God created you to be. Right? But know that you have a gift. And know that if you don't allow that gift to flow, you stifle it in you. You'll never be happy. And then there's people that come to you to feed of that gift and you're not being a tree of life to them. Amen? And so again, God's the source for that. So, no other false god-man worshipped or sought to appease had the qualities of Father God in it. No other false god that men worshipped had that quality. So, had the quality of God, had the character of God in them. So, if I worship, if I'm in a church and I'm worshipping God, but I'm worshipping my version of God, right? And I believe God is a God of appeasement and a God of anger. That God is not God. So how am I going to function out of the qualities of God when I don't know God? Remember, we told you, and Kay pointed it out first, that God said, you sacrifice to me yearly, me, like question, you, you, you think you were sacrificing to me and you tithe to me? I didn't ask for that. All I want you to do is love me and love your mother's brother. I want you to love your brother. But see, he was saying, you're sacrificing to some other God. That's not me. If my wife came in here and said, honey, I, I, I mowed the lawn for you today. First of all, I'd have a heart attack if she did. <laughs> no. But if she said, I mowed the lawn for you today because I want to prove to you that I love you, I would say, you didn't mow that lawn for me because I love you already. You, you mowed the lawn for what you think I am, but that's not who I am. I don't need you to mow the lawn to know that you love me. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I know you jumped right there a little bit. You thought you were doing that for me, but you're not because I already love you. You, you thought that I needed to be appeased to know that. And so most of our life we have worshipped. You can do good things for people. No, I'm, no I'm, you, <laughs> she keeps me on my toes here. Okay, let me say it backwards. If you, if you go out there and mow the lawn to prove that you love me. Well, I didn't say that. I know. I'm saying that, Donna Faye. <laughs> if you're doing it to prove that you love me and you came in and said, Honey, I mowed the lawn to prove to you that I love you. I would say you didn't do that to me because that's not me. I know you love me. You don't have to do anything to prove that you love me. All right? But what the religion has done is made us to do things to prove to God that we love them. We had a lady in our church several years ago that couldn't afford it, didn't have a lot of money, but somehow or another, she came into some money and she brought five $100 bills and put them in the offering. I didn't know who it was, no envelope or anything. And she just couldn't wait to tell me. And she was kind of a simple-minded woman, but she, she said, did you get that $500 I put in? I said, oh, was that you? And she said, yeah. And I said, yeah. And I said, she said, I, I just want you to know I did that to prove to God that I love him. And I gave it back to her, I think. I'm thinking I did. And I said, you don't need to do that to prove to God you love him. But see, she was worshiping a God of appeasement. And that's what we were doing back then. So we, 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 we must not do that. And so what we have is we have uh, every Christian has done that. 
And then other religions have different versions, including Islam, Buddhism, Catholicism. I looked up last night, according to estimates, I asked Donna how many religions. Donna Misi, how many religions do you think there are in the world? What would you guess? You got to hurry up or I'm going to lose everybody on here. 150 or more? 4,200, over 4,200 different religions on planet Earth right now. Well over 4,200. So there are... That's a lot of religion. No wonder we're messed up. No wonder we're messed up. That's right. And what does religion mean? It means to bind and hold back. So we could easily say, just take half of that, there's over 2,000 false gods out there being worshipped today. Well over 2,000. That's why we're messed up. That's why the whole earth is not in order, because we've not taken dominion over the earth as God has spoke for us to do. Every living creature, everything that grows, all that we call living, everything that we see comes from the same source, the one spirit of life. It is the spirit which flows through life. It animates every creature there is. It causes the flower to bloom and look beautiful. It, it, it causes the oceans to, to flow. It brings the winds to us. Everything is animated by our Holy Spirit. The problem with man is they seek to know Father's flesh and blood. They seek a God that can come touch them. They seek a God that can help them win the lottery. You know, they seek a God that can get them a good job or a, good, a better husband or whatever. And... Uh, God's spirit. God is spirit. We also have allowed man whose breath in his nostrils to tell us what to believe. Man who seeks to know things by the five sense realm. And rather than ascertaining and seeking to know God, we worship what we see. And we worship people that we see doing, quote, doing mighty things. How many ministries are there today that people almost worship them? bow down before them. We'll do anything for them. Yes, we should honor our teachers. We should love our teachers. But don't worship me. Worship the Father. Don't ascertain and seek and desire no more of me unless we're just friends and we want to. But seek to know God. What I teach is for you to ascertain and seek and desire more of your Father, to know more of your Father. So I say this. Is the universe life? Yes, it is. But it's not the source of life. Does the universe bless us? Yes, it does. We have the heat from the universe. We have the moon in the right place to, to pull gra gravitational pull on the earth. And we have, all, I don't know a lot about science, but we have without the universe, we probably wouldn't exist. But it's not the source of life. It's taken on the character that God put in it to take on. The sun does what? Produces heat. And there's other things the sun does too. If you talk to a scientist, you find out what it is. But God is the source of that. So I can say, yes, the universe is life. It's full of life. But the source is God Almighty. The source is spirit. So why do people have a hard time in using spirit? Holy Spirit. Well, I think sometimes they've been disappointed by the God that they worshipped. I think they've been disappointed by the preachers that preached about the God that they worshipped. I think they got disappointed with the church. It's true. I got disappointed with the church. They got disappointed how all they were worried about was taking their money all the time, making them work. We always talked about how you owe the church your time, your talent, and your treasure. Even when we said you don't have to tithe anymore like we thought, we still would say well, you owe the That's another law, Donna, to keep you giving, keep you serving, right? Your time, your talent, your treasure. 
Now, we don't owe the church anything. Now, if you go to a building, you go to a place, and you're ministered to, sure, you should support them, but you do it because you love, not because you owe it to them, not because you have to. So, when somebody teaches a tremendous truth, yes, be thankful for them, but be thankful that it's God in them doing it, right? Now, real quickly, uh, the book of Job, Job 33, 44, if you want to write it down, it says, The Spirit of God made me, and the breath of the Almighty was give, has given me life. The Spirit of God made me, and, and the, the breath of God, in other words, breathed the Holy Spirit in me. We actually existed before our bodies were formed. I remember years ago, somebody was teaching that we were with God from the foundation. I remember saying, that's not true. That's not true. It, it is true. God is spirit. Yeah, we were there. But you're going to see here, this next verse again, Job and Job 38, 7 says, When the foundations of the earth were laid and the morning stars sang together, that's us, right? Esther, if y'all haven't read my book on Esther, you need to do that. Job 38, 7. Job 38, 7. The first one was Job 33, 4. Esther is a perfect picture of how we are stars. We're to cause people to look up. So it said, When the foundation of the earth was laid and the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Did Job not know that we were there with God from the very beginning? Have you ever read that before, Donna? What's the verse about the morning stars? Job 38, 7. Okay. When the foundation of the earth were laid... And the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Is our planet life? Yes, but it's not the source. Everything is life, but it's not the source. It is in union with the source, but the source is God Almighty. So why does this one life form take so many varied formations? Well, because there are so many facets and so many characteristics of, of this one life, God, and through these, uh, through these varied formations, it, Holy Spirit, describes itself. It, Holy Spirit, expresses itself. If everyone would use their spiritual eyes and listen with their voice to their Holy Spirit, they would understand all people would learn to see God everywhere they looked. Wouldn't that be awesome? If we just learned to see? What does it take? A willingness. That's all it takes is a willingness. It, it, it takes us getting to the place where, you know, how has everything else been working for us? How, how is me looking down on somebody working for me? It makes me more judgmental. And then in, in my thoughts, it makes me condemn myself because maybe I'm no better than them in the carnal realm area. So it, it's just a choice. Who, who are you going to serve tomorrow? Are you going to serve this outward man? Are you going to serve the greater one that's inside, inside of you, which is your Holy Spirit? We, we can make that choice every day. God, God is so awesome. I, I wrote this down. I'm going to go a little bit longer if it's all right. You guys in a hurry. I looked up just some of the scriptures where it said God is. God is with you. God is not a sense realm man that would lie. God is already all things that we call upon him for. You realize, Donna, everything you ever ask for God to do for you, he's already done that in you. Everything, that, Lottie, that you've ever asked him to be, he's already that in you. There's not a thing you can ask God that he's not already that in you. You can't ask God for healing because he already is your health. You, you don't need to ask God for finances because he's already 
has provided everything that pertains to life and godliness. You don't have to ask God to to send peace to you because he's peace in you. He's joy in you. You don't have to say, God, help me love people. No, he is loving you. Just love people. You don't need God to make you love people, right? (laughs) You're looking at me kind of odd, but it's the truth. God is the God of all people. God is jealous over you. God is always a merciful God. God is a great God and goes before you. God is always in and with you and goes with you wherever you are. God is always there. The the eternal God is our refuge and underneath you are the everlasting arms. The Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. The living God is in you. Every place you read in scripture where it states Jesus is, that's God. There's a song out that I wrote all the words to remember those Jesus is. He was, he was the fire by night and, and Moses is calling the wilderness and all of that. That was God in Jesus. God in Jesus. Because man could not see or understand God. So God showed physical pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament. And God, what he was showing us is his character and his nature in man. And that's what Jesus came to show us. So guess what? All the characters and natures of our Father is in you. The only need is for us to let it happen. Just let it be. Let it flow. You know, there are some sickness and diseases that are produced because of man's thinking. Right? A lot because of man's thinking. And I would say sometimes uh, doctors will end up sending a person to a psychologist. Not denying the problem, but he knows where it's coming from. And then that psychologist, if they're a good psychologist, will begin to deal with them and find out what's hindering them and then say, let that go. Things that's happened 30, 40, 50 years ago have caused people all kinds of problems because they're not able to let it go. Sometimes, well, I won't say what it is. Sometimes they're getting something out of it. But what they're getting out of it is sickness and disease and poverty and lack and bad relationships and we, we just need to really realize that we have the very character of God within inside of us. And we can let his character and nature flow through us every day. And it just takes time to practice it. But again, like I said earlier, it's a choice. Father, today, by, by faith and by choice, I'm going to listen to your spirit today. I'm going to listen to your voice and let your character and nature flow through me. And you would be surprised how many people you will run into that need that aspect of God's character in you. It just happens. I know it happens because it happens to me. So in the New Testament, Paul writes, Romans 1.20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. In other words, we can understand that which we think is invisible. We can understand Holy Spirit when we think it's, it's, not, it's not possible. It is possible. David and the king and poet pen, uh, a king and poet pen this. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech nor language for Father's Holy Spirit is not heard in and from them. Their words have gone out to the ends of the world. Psalm 19, 1. God's word speaks constantly. God's life speaks constantly. These men realize they were not just looking at things created by God, but they were looking at God himself. So when I look at the universe, I see God. 
Yes, the universe is God. When I look at Donna Misi, I see God. When I look at Lottie, I see God. When I look everywhere, I see God. These people understood this. When the aged patriarch Job was searching for the knowledge and wisdom of God, he declared, ask now the beasts of the field and they will teach you. Isn't that interesting? You can look at animals, they can teach you. And the fowls of the air, and they shall tell you. See, we can learn when seasons are coming. We can learn when storms are coming. You know, if you're out in a forest, and all of a sudden hundreds of animals start running behind you, do you think you might ought to run with them? <laughs> They're telling you something. There's a fire. There's something coming. He says, or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee. We learn from the earth all the time. And the fish of the sea shall declare unto thee. So it was no mystery to these men. They understood that creation revealed the creator. They understood that creation had God in them, just like we do ourselves today. And so I believe we can speak to all creation. Here again, blessing creation. And I heard this this morning. I wrote this down. Spring up, Holy Spirit, from within you. Look at the clouds. They spring up, Holy Spirit, from within you. The atmosphere, spring up, Holy Spirit, from with you. Show forth your glory. See, a tornado is not God's glory. So we, if we will daily, again, I say this, if we will daily be proactive instead of reactive and speak to the creation, spring forth from within you, draw what created you and the life force that's within inside of you and show your glory. Clouds are beautiful. The atmosphere is beautiful. Thunderstorms are beautiful. But they can be in, done in order if we would begin to speak that. We can do that to man. We can speak instead of arguing about different systems of the earth, we can begin to speak. But see, it's not just Roy can do it only. We all need to be doing it. A many-membered man needs to be doing that. You out on the internet, there's thousands. I've got close to 5,000 people following me now. Kay has many. All these people, if we will begin to grasp hold of this, and I wish you guys would share this with your friends, this teaching, if we would all grasp hold of this and be proactive, and just by faith say, spring forth your Holy Spirit, clouds. Spring forth your Holy Spirit, earth. Spring forth your Holy Spirit, systems. Yes. The political system, the financial system, the religious system, the medical system, the social system. Spring forth your Holy Spirit. Begin to think and do and act out of your Holy Spirit. What would it do to planet earth? Speak over to Iraq. Yes. Speak to Russia. Spring forth your Holy Spirit and the leaders of this earth. But why don't we do it? It's because we're so busy thinking about ourselves. Amen? We can do that. I believe we can do it to man. We can do it to animals. We can do it to fish, oceans, rivers, streams, the element, the atmosphere, the entire creation. That's taken dominion. We're speaking to it and reminding it what it is, what its life source is, and how to function. Now, to naturally-minded, carnally-minded man, this is really silly. All right? Yeah. And I'm not against people that stand up and speak to a tornado and tell it to go away. And I've seen it happen. I, and that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a level of prayer, but there's no permanency to it. It's always reactive dealing. Uh, one of my pastor friends, uh, Randy Lambert, called me one time. And we were talking, or I called him. And all of a sudden he said, I've got to go, I've got to go. And I said, what's going on? He said, there's a tornado just set down on the other side of our land and it's heading our way. 
And I said, well, wait one second. And we spoke to it and we commanded it to lift up and go over. And guess what? It did. But did it stop tornadoes? No. Did other people get hit by that tornado? Yes. So that's not permanent. So we could we can begin to speak to the atmosphere and bless it and say, what did I say? Can you remember what I said? Spring up Holy Spirit from within you. Show forth your glory. Show forth your true character. Your true, the true, true character of thunderstorms is to bring ministering rain to the earth. Not to bring tornadoes. Yeah. Amen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> From the mind and heart of the eternal one, there's one grand and glorious, uninterrupted, unchangeable, perpetual, constant perfection for he is perfect and he formed it. That's God. He, 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 you know, I, I taught you not too long ago where it said, uh, uh, people say shalom means peace. It actually means perfection. Mm-hmm. So we speak perfection. That's what we do. Spring up. Allow your Holy Spirit to flow. Allow your, allow your, uh, your perfection. Allow how God created. God, God didn't make storms to destroy the earth. God didn't say, let there be tornadoes, let there be hurricanes, let there be 150 mile an hour winds, did he? No, he created clouds to bring rain. Just like God did not create man to be weak and sick and suffer. Didn't create us to die. The Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 1.15, he said, He, Jesus, was the likeness and representation of Father, Creator, Spirit, slowed down to visibility. I add all three of those for people. Slow down to visibility. The first fully awakened in the period he was born. See, he was the first that was fully awakened. Nobody else was awakened yet. But he was the first fully awakened, being fully energized and vitalized of life to reveal and revive life to the whole race of mankind. So are we. We're awakened. So we're not talking about a singular person here, but the total of all as the one. Jesus himself declared in this prayer in 1 John 17, and I call that the Lord's Prayer. It's his high priestly prayer. He prayed that we would all experience our oneness with Father as he did. He didn't pray that we would be one because we are one, always were, but we would experience our oneness with Father as he did. He walked in this earth walk, full awareness that he was one with God. No separation whatsoever. Father sees only himself in creation, a complete and perfect expression. So closing here, this picture of creation as God created it and as God sees it is in direct contrast with the story we've been told uh, and lived for the last 6,000 years on earth. I'm not one that says earth has only been here for 6,000 years. It's been here for millions of years. But this history of man for the last 6,000 years, let me read it again. God's picture of creation, how God created it, how God sees it, is in direct contrast to how man has lived for the last 6,000 years. Direct contrast. Painful years. If you study history, it's painful. It's horrible. You know, I like to watch Viking movies and Roman, uh, Roman stories, but I always tell Donna, aren't you glad we wasn't born back then? Every day you lived in fear of your life. Yeah. Every day. It's time that we let go of that story. <laughs> let go of that story. Yeah. We're not carnal-minded men. We're not just humans. We're supernatural beings. We're, we're Holy Spirit. We, 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 and we've got to quit seeing ourselves as unworthy. 
We must not see ourselves as worthy either. We just see ourselves as who we are. We live in the isness of God, as Kay says. So the whole question of worthiness is not an issue at all. Issue. We, we, we just are what we are. Moses asked God, you know, who should I tell Pharaoh that you are? And he said, I am that I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am that I am. He's the sun. He's the fire by night. He's Moses that's called in the wilderness. He, he's whatever God needs to be in you. That's who God is. And God has chosen to be himself in you. What do we need to do is let him be himself in you. We're one with all that. We must let go of God whose favor we need to earn. That's one thing we need to let go of is a God that whose favor we need. To, we must let go of a remote place called heaven, a planet called heaven. Oh my gosh, you're telling me where, where's my loved ones? They're in the heavenly. They're in the spirit. We must let go that we need to earn anything. We, we, the, for the kingdom of God is where? Within us. So we must feel love. We must feel love and loved. We need to feel love, experience love, and realize that we are loved. And then be love to all people. So the law, with all its rules and punishments and transgression, those rules, they're dead. And it was always dead, wasn't it? Moses' law was full of death. It required death of all kinds of animals. And then it required a death mindset of you. And it required a, a strong sense of separation. Even if a woman had a monthly cycle, which was normal, she had to go out of the camp for a long period of time. If you accidentally touched a dead animal, it was just, you know, all kinds of punishment. It was just full of death. And I say this today, religion is full of death. <laughs> It's just come up with another kind of law. Amen? And that's not God. So I hope this has blessed you. Uh, it has me. I'm looking. Hey, Kay, good to see you with us. Stephanie, glad you're there. Uh, so I ask you, if, if you embrace what we're teaching here and this bears witness with you, uh, just, just take a moment when we get done here and just talk to your father and just say, Father, I agree with this if you do. And then by faith, every day say, Father, by faith, I am going to choose to see with my spiritual eyes, and I'm going to choose to speak to this whole universe, whatever it is you're led to speak to, and say, spring up, Holy Spirit, within you. Show forth your glory. Yes. Amen? Yeah. It's just like my, like my little children and my grandkids, you know, or my children when they were little. I would say, you know, they would have a fit somewhere, and I'd say, this is not what a rich man does. This is what a rich man does. Show forth your glory. When we go out in the public... You know, be nice and behave. Don't run around. Don't act up. Show forth your glory, who you are. And that's, so that's what we're trying to teach people is, is you are the glory of God. The clouds are the glory of God. The sun's the glory of God. The planet Earth is the glory of God. Every person on planet Earth is the glory of God. So again, if we could just get a thousand people to do this <laughs> every day, speak to the elements and say, show forth your glory. You watch what can take place. Because we are supernatural. Amen? So I love you all. I bless you. I bless all of you on the internet. I thank you for being here. I always enjoy your, your post. And uh, also, by the way, I, I don't know if I announced it here, but we've, we, I've, I've done a uh, master's degree course for Global Grace Seminary. It's a master's of biblical studies. And uh, Kay has uh, two teachings in it. And I've got several teachings in it. And it's going to be made available 
probably within about a month and a half. So if you're participating in Global Grace Seminary and you haven't done your master's or you want to do another one, I think you would enjoy it a lot. It's going to go through the whole Old Testament. It's got all the penal substitution in there for the first, first two books. And uh, I think it'll be a great help with you. So if you want to take that. Also, if you have done the bachelor's course, there's been a 10th course that's added to it. And it's called Introduction to No Penal Substitution. And if you want that, contact the registrar and she will open that back up to, for you. So God bless you. We love you very much. If you need any of the books, I've got books on uh, understanding the unforced rhythm of life available for you. And so that's ready to send out. Also, I've got the book on living as Holy Spirit. So just let me know if you want to order one or you can go to my webpage, drroyerichman.com. God bless you. Have a great day. You're welcome, Justin.